With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for Here We Go, the Steelers show. New day, new time, but not new. The same old Here We Go that you know and love, or at least I convince myself that you know and love it, is the same show, but we are in a different time slot, a different day. We are coming at you Tuesday mornings at 5 a.m. when the show drops, moving from Friday at noon. Wow. We're like the Jeffersons, KT Smith. We are moving on up. <laughs> hey, you know, Tuesday used to be my least favorite day of the week. I, I could always find a rationale for, for enjoying all the other days of the week. But I, always, I used to tell my students that Tuesdays are, are today's of the week like sophomores are to high school students. <laughs> It is difficult to like, <laughs> but this is giving me new reason to, to, to like Tuesdays and look forward to them. Well, awesome. I'm glad you say that. So uh, we are now going to be the morning show on Tuesdays and there are other changes in the lineup. I do want to go ahead and voice great appreciation for Jeffrey Benedict, who held down this slot for uh, quite a long time. He is taking care of family considerations and and right now cannot uh, podcast. So we are we were blessed to have Jeffrey a uh, fantastic stuff, the cutting room floor, an absolutely great show. But there are changes going to be made. Now, last week in this time slot was a show called Pump Your Brakes, 
with Big G, Sean Gurley, and uh, Fresh Boy Tate, or Tate Boy Fresh, whatever you want to call Kevin Tate, doing a show together. And then we only ran it once, but that doesn't mean that that show's going away. That show was so good, we decided to move that to Wednesday night to join them in with Shannon White, because Shannon White loves working with those guys. Those guys love working with Shannon. So we decided to move that show to Wednesdays, so a little bit of moving around, trying to uh, fill the big shoes left by our good friend GB, Jeffrey Benedict. So that show is going to be there. We are on Fridays. Excuse me. We're on Tuesdays. State of the Steelers is moving to Fridays from its Saturday time slot. And guess what? We're going to get more. This was not supposed to happen in the regular season. But the Q&A with Jeremy Betts, it's going to continue on Saturdays throughout the fall and the winter and so it's gonna be a year-round thing the q a will be here it's just not gonna be a seasonal show kevin well i mean the new the new lineup's exciting and a lot of change happening but it's it's incredible how much support i think that there is already and uh how seamlessly everybody's working together so i'm really looking forward to getting this thing rolling and talking about rolling you definitely need to be checking out Fans First Sports Network. The new website has launched. We are uh, we are in full bore. We are completely Steel Curtain Network. We are not affiliated with anybody else, just Fans First Sports Network. So make sure you check that out. You could check out KT Smith. Every Wednesday or Thursday, we're dropping a new show of the new version of the call sheet. And also, we're going to have some other shows coming up in the fall. You're going to hear uh, Jeff Hartman there, along with Stats Guerrera, doing a show, uh, Stats, is on our 49er network, the gold standard. I'm also going to uh, be with uh, the Dome Patrol's Wesley, and I'm going to have a show on Thursdays with a gentleman that covers the New Orleans Saints. And it's going to be about power rankings. It's going to be about games to watch. But it's not just going to be Steelers. It's going to be all NFL. So check out our NFL feed for stuff like that. There's going to be so much more. I can't get into all of it because then we're not going to be able to have a here we go, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Did I I'm lose ready. Kevin? Let's talk. Let's talk some Steelers football. All right. Let's no, do it. Man, so let's go. let's go. Steelers football. Dude. Yes, sir. So interesting stuff is happening today around the league because yesterday was the deadline for contracts. And if I'm not mistaken, both Josh Jacobs of the Raiders and Saquon Barkley of the Giants did not sign new deals. Is that correct, Kevin? That is correct. And that's that, That's a little reminiscent of uh, some stuff that is uh, close to the heart of Steelers fans. Yes, and the gentleman that was doing that to Steeler fans way back in 2017 and 2018. Well, he's back in the news saying, boy, do I regret this whole thing. And it's Le'Veon Bell. Kevin, elaborate. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell made a, a public apology to Steelers fans in which he said that he regrets two things. One, that he never did so, that he never did sort of publicly apologize for his Kind of unceremonial exit from Pittsburgh after sitting out um, when he didn't receive the, his new contract and and then saying that he regretted leaving to go to the Jets and that he didn't understand what a great situation he had in Pittsburgh and that by leaving essentially he sort of wrote his ticket out of the league and 
it, he's not the first person to say that he regrets leaving Pittsburgh and that maybe thought the grass was greener elsewhere. And it's interesting. You, you have all these guys coming in now who talk about the culture of the building and how much, how different it is in this locker room than in previous locker rooms they've been in. And now you hear it from, from Le'Veon Bell, who's not the first to say that they feel as though they made a, a poor choice in leaving Pittsburgh. So it really does speak volumes about what the Steelers do as an organization and the respect that players around the league have for them. Kevin, how big a part did the agent play in Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, I don't, you know, he wasn't getting great advice. They, they, they read the room wrong, really. They read the room wrong because when Le'Veon Bell sat out for the Steelers, it was at a time when the running back market was being devalued. And you know, Najee Harris weighed in on that today, as a matter of fact, or yesterday, because he was talking about how he doesn't believe that running backs are, are any less valuable than they've ever been. And you would expect him to say something like that. He's he's saying that both uh, passionately, to. but also professionally. Um, but but Le'Veon Bell was really sort of betting on, on him getting a uh, top tier contract. And by top tier, I mean not just amongst running backs, but against other position groups on the field as well. And and that just didn't happen. And we've just seen increasingly over the last five six years the mentality that you can find a young running back just about anywhere in the draft. You can groom them to fit your system. You can get them in free agency. But what you don't do is you don't overpay on a second contract or overpay on an extension for a guy who's anywhere nearing the late 20s. I mean, you, you, get, 20, you get to 26, 27, and now the mentality is, if, if that guy wants to come back on a team-friendly deal, then great. But otherwise, we're not overpaying for him. And that's what Le'Veon Bell didn't understand, whether it was him or the agent. Either way, they got it wrong. Well, I remember the whole agent situation because both you and I, we were following that big time back then. And we, we were uh, both working for BTSC and working um, in editorial at that time even more when all of this was happening. And it was one of those things you could tell that the agent kept on whispering, you're going to get paid. You, and he even came out and said, Le'Veon is going to get paid. And even when he got paid, he didn't get paid what he would have gotten if he would have stayed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. And the other thing is <laughs> when you go to a team like the New York Jets, go and put in that green helmet on. That's fool's gold, Kevin. I mean, it's uh, there's teams that don't have the culture and don't have the system that can protect a player like Le'Veon Bell. Right. And I was just having a really interesting conversation about this today with Paul Gunther, who I've, I've brought Paul's name up on this show before. His son, Duke, uh, is the starting running back for our high school team uh, at Ocean City. Duke's a heck of a running back. We actually timed Timed our players in the 40 today, and Duke, Duke ran 4-4-8, so he can move, man. Um, and, and you're not devaluing that position. No, no, I, we are. <laughs> we are heavily valuing the running back position in high school, for, for sure. Um, and, you know, Paul, Paul spent 22 years coaching in the NFL. He was defensive coordinator in, in uh, Las Vegas, but he was the D.C. in Cincinnati for 
for many of those years in the mid 20 teens when the Steelers and Bengals had some some really uh, knockdown drag out uh, you know contests, including the 2016 playoff game, which ended so ridiculously with Joey Porter on the field after Pac-Man Jones laid out uh, Antonio Brown or whoever, whomever it was who laid out Antonio Brown and that whole that whole crazy scene. And I mean, you know, Paul and I were talking about that a little bit. But Paul Paul said some interesting things about Le'Veon Bell. And he said the, the, the one thing about Le'Veon Bell that made him so hard to defend in Pittsburgh was, was at that time, the Steelers were basically running one core run play. And it's a play called duo. And, and duo is very much like inside zone. Just, just about everybody who li- listens to this podcast or Steelers stuff has heard us talk at some point or another about the inside zone scheme because the Steelers are still really heavily invested in running it. But duo is a slightly different version of inside zone because on the duo play, uh, the, lo- the offensive linemen on the, on the backside of the play, st- they, they start out by double teaming a defensive lineman. And then they're going to try to push that defensive lineman up to the linebacker level. On inside zone, they're doing the same thing, but they're looking to come off on onto the linebacker. On duo, they're staying on the double. They're they're essentially leaving the linebacker unblocked. And you know, if, if the backer tries to blitz through the gap, they'll come off. But otherwise, they're just going to push, push, push the double. And what Paul was saying with with, with Le'Veon Bell, he had such a unique running style that it almost became like a game of chicken between Le'Veon Bell and the linebacker to see who would commit first. Because it on the duo play, the running back is reading the backer. And if the backer, for example, tries to go through the A-gap, the running back will break that play out outside. And if the, and if the linebacker comes to the B-gap or tries to scrape over the top, the running back will cut the play back to the inside. And Paul was saying that Vontez Burfecht, used to come to the sidelines so frustrated playing the Steelers and playing Le'Veon Bell because he just, he would, he would say like, I can't, I can't win. You know, like I go inside, he takes it outside. I, I, I come over to top, he goes inside. And, and it was really interesting listening to that conversation because we've all, we all used to watch Le'Veon Bell, right? And everybody would remark about how patient his running style was. He's so patient. He's so patient. Well, that's why, because when running the duo play, he was just waiting, waiting, waiting for the linebacker to commit before he made his cut. And the Steelers really built their run game around that specific running style. And it worked fabulously, right? Le'Veon Bell was an, a, a Pro Bowl player in Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh run game was pretty darn good. Uh, but it was centered around his talent and his running style. So when he left Pittsburgh, and he gets to the Jets, it's not like that. The Jets are running a more traditional scheme. You know, they're running inside zone and outside zone and power and counter gap and all these on all these plays. And and that particular run scheme doesn't work as well. Not a run style, I should say. You know, like you got to hit the hole in a lot of those schemes. And and Le'Veon Bell had just gotten used to, to running a certain way and it didn't work out. So So what you were saying earlier, man, just about like, the fit he had in Pittsburgh was so perfect for him, but he didn't understand that 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 style of his was best suited for what the Steelers did and didn't necessarily translate elsewhere. And as we saw, you know, he didn't really have any success after he left the Steelers. 
Yeah, he did not. And even the little bit of success that he had, he did play in a Super Bowl, but he was not the main guy in that situation with the Kansas City Chiefs. It just wasn't the same. So to me, all this talk about Le'Veon Bell is actually very pertinent because other teams are going through it right now. The New York Giants are going through it right now. The Las Vegas Raiders are going through it right now. But a team that's not going through it right now, but very well could in a year or two, are the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so we need to be cognizant. You definitely would think that the Steelers have definitely learned from the situation. And you would think that they're priming Najee Harris and they're already working towards that day when Najee's five-year contract runs out. And keep in mind, Le'Veon Bell was a, a second-round pick, so he only had four years to begin with, too. So interesting stuff with the fact that you have a running back that would have a five-year deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Most of the running backs that you've seen in uh, past years were not a number one pick unless it was Rashad Mendenhall. So when you think about all of that, they have an extra year of Najee Harris. And would you say, KT, that they're priming Najee for this situation already? I would think that that they'll learn from how everything went down with Le'Veon Bell. And it's hard to, t- it's hard to tell whether how, how a player is going to react when the contract is up because this is their, this is their living. And football players understand that they have a short shelf life. They need to make as much money as they can to try to set themselves up for the rest of their life, set their families up, et cetera. And, and you can't begrudge them the right to try to do that because that's, that's what happens in, in the marketplace all over America, right? People try to try to get every, every nickel that they feel as though that, that they're worth. And you couldn't be, you couldn't be mad at Najee Harris if, if he felt uh, when, when his time was up that, that he wanted to try to do the same thing. But at the same time, I would think that using Le'Veon Bell as a template, both the Steelers and Najee Harris would would try to avoid those pitfalls and try to and try to find a better solution to that. So I don't know. Again, he's only entering his third year now, so I'm not sure that these conversations are, are happening actively yet. But but it won't be long before the topic is broached and. Harris is going to have to be realistic about the about the current market, and the Steelers are going to have to reciprocate by being fair to him uh, if they value him and want him to return. And that's a big thing. How much do they value each other? I think right now both sides are very much enamored with each other. Of course, we've seen that change within a course of a season, so this is something definitely that we need to watch. But the Le'Veon Bell situation from six years ago and the Le'Veon Bell apology for not apologizing now is such a very interesting thing that actually it goes hand in hand with the the Steelers now. So that brings up a big question, KT, and it is team chemistry versus individual talent. And we are going to talk about that when we come back for the second half of, here we go, the Steelers show on Steel Curtain Network, a part of Fans First Sports Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ain't the worst looking man you've ever seen. There we are on the subway train. You know, interesting. I was on a train once with Mark Sanchez after a game. After he was playing for the Philadelphia Eagles, I he was a backup. He was actually on the, the same subway going back to New York that I was going towards New York on, KT. Did he run into your butt and fall down? I, he did not. I, <laughs> I I decided not to bother him. Uh, was this? Yeah, this was uh, this was definitely after the butt fumble because he was already a Philadelphia Eagle at the time. <laughs> That's really interesting stuff. That poor guy is never going to get away from the butt fumble. Is I know, man. He he was a remarkably successful college quarterback, right? And uh, and not extremely lot. bad in the NFL. No, not terrible. I, I didn't maybe didn't live up to the lofty expectations. I think a lot of people had for him, but it, it's crazy how some people get known for a specific thing. I, I think about poor Bill Buckner. Oh, Bill Buckner was really Buckner. baseball player, stellar career. And all anybody ever remembered was that ground ball through his legs in the 86 World Series. Are you a big fan of? of Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm? Absolutely. Love them both. Okay, so with Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, in later episodes, there was a situation where Bill Buckner was on the show, and there's like a, a burning building, and Larry David was there, and he was afraid to throw the baby down <laughs> to Bill Buckner. <laughs> but, and, and good for Bill Buckner, man. You yeah, know, Bar- like... Buckner had a, had a, a, a good sense of humor, and yeah. in fact... Buckner and Mookie, Mookie Wilson would do joint signings together yeah. after a while. So I, I love it. Uh, Bill Buckner, may you rest in peace. Yes, sir. So let's uh, let's go back to the Steelers. And, you know, you talk about things that you're never going to. Players get tattooed with things. And we just talked about how Mark Sanchez got tattooed with uh, the butt fumble and a fellow Jet quarterback. Sam Darnold is always going to get tattooed with seeing ghosts. Yeah. And then we're talking about 
a guy who became a jet running back, Le'Veon Bell. We've just been talking about him, how he's tattooed and he's always going to be the guy that sat out and basically ruined his career for sitting out. So we talked about how you have so much talent in that 2017 team, Kevin. That was a 13. Was that a 13 and three team? 13 and three. Yep. Earned and a bye, had, got the divisional playoff game at home against Jacksonville, and we all know what happened then. Yes, and Jeff Hartman blames John Oates of Daryl Hall and John Oates because he sang the national anthem, and I will never forgive him for that. Hmm. Uh, I didn't know that, but I'm skeptical that that's the reason. I'm going. Yes, well, we, <laughs> I'm going to blame know, a porous defense and a whole lot of turnovers. You know, Jeff, when he when he uh, when he hooks on to something, so it's forever going to be John Oates's fault. He will say that forever. But let's talk Let's talk about that 2017 team and the 2023 team and how it compares. Kevin, who do you think had more talent, 17 or 23? Well, on the offensive side of the ball, there's no question the 2017 team had more talent. You're, again, you're, you're looking at Ben Roethlisberger, Hall of Fame quarterback. You're looking at Le'Veon Bell, still in his prime, Pro Bowl running back. You're looking at Antonio Brown. I mean, I'm he's a Hall of Fame receiver on the numbers. Yeah, uh, and he should be. And I, I would, I'm assuming he gets in. But, but you know, again, much like Le'Veon Bell, his his career went off the rails. After yeah, but he's not career. Pete Rose, and he's not Barry Bonds. No, no, yeah, he's and, not Roger Clemens. Right, right, and. But, you know, that's another conversation. But, yeah, so Antonio yeah. Brown, right? And then Martavis Bryant you have. Uh, I mean, just the, the the killer bees. I mean, and they're just – they're an offensive juggernaut. I mean, that's a team that is a top five offense in the NFL. And uh, you look at them on paper and you say, that's a Super Bowl-worthy team. Now, the defense side of the ball, not so much. So if we're just talking about pure talent, I think the Steelers are more talented on the defensive side of the ball right now than they were in 2017. But with the way that the league had transcended to being so heavily offensive, it felt like that 2017 team should have done a heck of a lot more than they did. Now let's talk about the defense of the 2017 team because TJ Watt was a rookie. Of course there, you still had actually, Cam Hayward was more in his prime than he is now. You had a Joe Hayden on that team. You had a Ryan Shazier, and that's when on December 4th of that year in 2017, that's when uh, Ryan lost his career in that fateful night in Cincinnati. So Vince Williams was on that team. There was was plenty of talent on that team, but almost you could almost say that that team before Ryan Shazier went down might be – almost equivalent to what you have in Pittsburgh right now. Yeah. You know, I forget about that being the year Shazier went down and now it becomes almost impossible to, to say what, what that team might've been capable of had he stayed healthy, whether it was 2017 or even the next year, 2018, when, when the team was still largely intact. But uh, the big thing with that team, regardless of the talent was that they lacked so much of the chemistry that this particular Steelers team does, which I think is kind of where you were, you were going with this conversation. We, you know, we, we can probably 
make a comparison between the two defenses. I think we were both in firm agreement that the 2017 offense was way ahead of this offense. But when you think about the culture of this Pittsburgh Steelers team, the grittiness of this team, the unity and togetherness of this team, I don't think that it's any, any, you know, anywhere close. I think that this team is, is, is a tighter, deeper unit uh, in terms of the way that they understand one another, that the, the, their willingness to, to play for each other, the lack of egos. It's not to say that they're not going to have any issues. I mean, all, all teams do. These are grown men and, and they bring their own issues into that locker room. And so I'm sure that there will be some things along the way, but it's not going to be what we saw in 2017, the, dis- the constant disruptions, uh, the me first stuff. And I think that that really undid that football team. And, and, and what's really interesting is when you look at this team, this team clearly has the potential to make the playoffs and could go even further than that 2017 team, which didn't win a playoff game. And that is because they are one team and they are led by a second-year player, albeit a 25-year-old second-year player who reports coming out of Pittsburgh is not just a leader on the offensive side of the ball, but the entire team, including the defense. And he's beloved by veterans such as uh, Cam Hayward and Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt. And he is already, you know, if you had to give out a C, you're probably going to see on the offensive side of the ball, your captain is probably going to be Kenny Pickett going into the year. And, True, that team had a Hall of Famer in Ben Roethlisberger, but it was uh, he was a wily veteran at that point. He was already in his 14th season in the league in 2017, if I'm not mistaken, 2004. Yeah, if I do the math, he was in his 14th season. So when you look at that, there was very much a disconnect between uh, Ben and the younger players. And when you had players like, Le'Veon Bell, who was me first, who was, by the way, who missed practice before that fateful Jacksonville game because he just went, he just didn't show up because he was talking about uh, whether I might not be here next year before a playoff game. You had a lot of me first guys like Mike Mitchell, who was uh, calling, uh, trying to fight the locker room of Jacksonville before the game, saying, We're going to beat you. Um, then you have Antonio Brown, who was nothing but me first. So, do you see any me first players right now on the Pittsburgh Steelers? I, I really don't. I mean, it would be it would be ignorant of me to to even name anyone, given the fact that I I don't have any real access to what what actually goes on there. But at the same time, when you look at them as a group and when you listen to them talk, uh, this seems like a team that's really tight that they that they seem to like each other. I, I think it's fantastic that Cam Hayward <laughs> continues to kind of bust Kenny Pickett's stones about Matt Canada and the offense, you know, like, and he's saying you know, like that he's not going to, that he's not going to open it up, that he's not going to let Pickett audible, that he's not going to let him do A, B, or C. And I, I think, you know, that probably gets under Pickett's skin a, a little bit, but in a good way. And I like that they can joke around with one another. I mean, I, I like that, that, that it feels as though they're serious, but there's an, there's enough, lightheartedness there uh that they that they respect each other you know it's a it's a grind man even the season hasn't even started yet but they're they're so 
geared up to be intense for so long and there's so much pressure on them to succeed uh, and they're going to spend so much time together over the next six months. They're going to spend more time with each other than they're going to spend with their families. That if you can't be lighthearted, you can't joke around, you can't poke fun at each other in, in a playful way, uh, then it's not going to work, man. If the, if the egos are too big and and if people are now leveraging their, their own careers against other guys in the locker room, like when 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 – who was it? Uh, who was it with the quote about like uh, he's not here to take my job? I can't remember who that was. Was, it, was that Bryant when they Martavis Bryant? However, that did just happen this year with Dan Moore saying, you know, Broderick Jones isn't taking my job, and which I kind of liked. I kind of liked uh, Martavis Bryant saying that about Sammy Coates way back when, and I probably don't mind him saying that now because it's like, wait, hey, I'm not, I'm not done. Don't count me out. So that's that's kind of the way I look at it. But uh, if that's me, if that's the closest thing that you've got to me first on this team, Dan Moore doing something like that, then you're it's not me first because you also have to stick up stick up for yourself too, and not just uh, let them wrestle it away from you. Isn't what do you think about that, Kevin? Well, coming from Dan Moore, who was a fourth round draft pick who worked his way into the starting lineup. And while he hasn't been the best offensive lineman in the league over the last two years by any stretch, he's certainly improved and he's become a very, very dependable run blocker, graded out as the Steelers' top run blocker last year. And now they put, now they take a first-round pick at his same position. You almost like that. That's that's more To me, that's more chip on the shoulder than it is beefing with your teammate. Uh, because you're, you're, he's the underdog. He's the guy that's had to work uh, extra hard because he doesn't have the first round pedigree. And I get it. I get. I'd feel the same way if I were him. To me, that's a whole lot different than a guy who'd been suspended multiple times. True. Uh, yes. Who who had not shown that he could both a earn uh, a starting position and and b keep it because of his, his, the personal issues that kept getting in the, in the way of his career, that felt a lot more selfish to me than the Dan Moore situation. I mean, Dan Moore to me, you know, you and I, we talk about like Sharpie guys, right? Right. Dan Moore, yep. Dan Moore's a Sharpie guy and Martavis Bryant was not. You know what? I, I love that you say that. And I think that's fantastic. I will call out one of our all-time favorite players in Ben Roethlisberger because the very next season in 2018, when Martavis was traded and they were able to use that pick to go ahead and trade up for one Mason Rudolph. At the time, I thought uh, Ben's comments were fairly selfish too. And even though he was saying, oh, we could have brought me in more weapons. But I, I, I agree with you even more because Ben's comments um, fall more in line with Martavis Bryant, even though you just outlined the fact that he was a suspended player, it was a different situation. But I kind of uh, like where they are right now with Dan Moore Jr. And that's probably the most selfish act that you've seen on this 2023 Pittsburgh Steeler team, and that's not selfish at all. Yeah, it's just it's hard to to sit here, you and I, and 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 say, oh well, this guy's wrong for reacting a certain way when the organization that he works for brings in somebody that could potentially replace him. 
it's hard. But at the same time, it feels as though there are better ways to go about voicing those concerns. Like if you and I were, you know, here, here we are doing these podcasts and, and the Steel Curtain Network brought in some, some young hotshot who could potentially replace us. Or Rich Eisen. I I wouldn't I wouldn't complain about it on the podcast. I wouldn't air it. I wouldn't air my grievances to the to the audience. They they because I just feel as though that makes me look small. And and I and I I always wished, as much as I love Ben Roethlisberger, I always wished that he had just been a little bit more. I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for is, but tactful. Just tactful maybe is a good one. Yeah, about about how he he went about airing his grievances the the passive aggressive nature of those things just sat well didn't sit well with me it didn't feel like that was leadership it felt like leadership would be to handle those things behind closed doors or to to air those grievances through the proper channels uh, not to do them in a way that felt self-serving and that backs up kevin everything that the pittsburgh steelers are saying right now about Kenny Pickett, and they brought up the fact that they loved Ben Roethlisberger, but there was that huge disconnect towards the end of his career with him and other players. You know, Kevin, I mean, Kenny's a uniter, and you talked about how he's getting along with Cam Hayward. For goodness sakes, they did a prom pose picture together. <laughs> and it I, looked yeah, more man, like a fun. baby. It looked more like a, a, a baby uh reveal picture i was i was waiting to see one of them have either a blue or pink football on that picture yeah yeah man have fun have fun these guys are living the dream of 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 their lifetimes and for a guy like cam hayward who's obviously a lot closer to the end than the beginning it must be gratifying for him to see a young guy like kenny pickett come up and you know really assume the mantle of leadership in the franchise because you know, you know that Cam Hayward's a Pittsburgh Steeler for life, right? He he's a guy who ten years from now we're going to see on the sidelines at games. You know, he's gonna he's gonna be a guy who pops in at training camp, and that when he shows up, all the young guys there, right? When when Coach Tomlin's, you know, ten years from now, when Mike Tomlin's still coaching the Steelers, and Cam Hayward shows up at training camp, he's going to bring Cam Hayward onto the field, and everybody's going to gather around and they're going to soak up every little pearl of wisdom that Cam Hayward has to. To, to tell them. And if you're Cam Hayward and you, you value the Steelers like that, you want to know that they're being handed over to somebody worthy of taking that mantle, right? Worthy of, of assuming that leadership. And so he's both grooming Kenny Pickett to, to do that and also celebrating the fact that Kenny Pickett seems to be capable. So I, I, I just, I really think that it's a, it's a, a great relationship, you know, the, the, between the veteran leader and the, the young upcoming leader. And not only that, Cam Hayward is a Heinz Ward or a Troy Polamalu type guy. When the organization says, "Hey, it's time to go," and you know Ben Roethlisberger as well, um, when it's time to go, they're retiring as Steelers and not putting on another uniform for one more year and one more chance at it. They're not uh, their their pro football reference resume or their trading card is just going to have one team all the way across the board. And when you think about this entire conversation that we've had about teams with great individual players versus the fact that you have a team now that has more chemistry 
you think about Heinz Ward and the news that came out earlier this week or late last week when Heinz Ward said he was really seriously considering and he was offered a spot as an assistant coach with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But the the problem was a guy like Antonio Brown that he would have not been able to coexist as a coach because he would have not been listened to. Yeah. And I think that that's probably Heinz Ward, like, you know, knowing himself and, and knowing the, the getting a good read for the situation and being able to make a, a decision that's best for him and best for the franchise in, in that moment. And that does speak volumes about where that 2017 Steelers team was that, that it just was not in a, in a healthy place. And the thing that's interesting about this year's team, they are top to bottom less talented than that 2017 team. But at the same time, you feel as though they're going to be like that us against the world type team, which I've always loved the us against the world Steelers. I've always I felt the too. us against the world Steelers are the best version of the Steelers as opposed to the 2017 Steelers who were like the we got this Steelers. And I hate that we got this Steelers, right? I hate the Steelers that you just that feel like they're not as engaged or as intense or as prepared or as whatever the the phrase might be because they're too confident. You know, there's a confidence is a is a tricky thing. You you want a certain amount of it, but too much of it is no good. Uh, I'd I'd rather err on like the plucky team that that you know feels like they want to prove everybody wrong than the team that has a little too much confidence. And so I, I see that the, the 23 team more as that chip on the shoulder Steelers that I love. Absolutely. And I got to tell you, when you think about what you just said, if you're boasting that, hey, we got this, you just don't get it, Kevin. Yeah, it's like one of the things that I talk about with with some of the other coaches uh, who who have played a lot of football and and you know, and had you know good athletic careers, et cetera. When you when you run into somebody in a bar or or you or you meet somebody at a party and you get introduced to them and they immediately start telling you about how, how great they were in high school, <laughs> you know they weren't that great in high school no. because because the, the the ones who were they know it. They don't have to they don't have to start they don't have to lead with that uh, when they when they meet new people or they don't have to try to use that to impress people. They just they just know it and if eventually it'll come out eventually, but. Uh, it's not what you lead with. Yeah, with the exception of Jeff Hartman and his pick six in middle school. Oh, I haven't heard. I'm going to have to ask about that. Oh, my gosh. We heard about the pick six a lot of times. Well, I keep bringing it up. <laughs> Just to... start nicknaming him. Can I start nicknaming him Jeff pick six Hartman? Can I? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, he'll love it. He will uh, he would love being pick six Hartman. I, okay. I love it. Well, it's time for us to get on out of here. But before we do that, we do need to bring up a dude of the week. And I am going to go ahead and nominate one, Kevin, if you don't have one. Uh, yeah, God, I'm going to throw somebody out there. But you, but let's hear yours. I'm throwing out Le'Veon Bell as due to the week. And here okay. is the reason why he came out and he apologized. And mm -hmm. it reminds me of, I saw an article this week about Santonio Holmes, how Santonio had those missteps that led him to be traded for basically a fifth round draft pick. And he was a very good player for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And since he realized his missteps and he ended up with the uh, not only the Jets, but I believe the Chicago Bears as well. And when he retired, when he had an opportunity to retire as a Steeler, 
he came back as an ambassador to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And hey, maybe Le'Veon Bell is a maybe amends and trying to go ahead and you know get back in the good graces of fans. And maybe he's realized everything that uh, went wrong in his career. And maybe he wants to be an ambassador for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'm going to give him a benefit of the doubt and I'll give him due to the week. Plus it's July. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And Hey man, people can change. No doubt about that. Right. And I'm not here to hold a grudge against Le'Veon Bell or anybody else. So I'm with you. I like it. I'm going to hold off on my guy until next week. All right. Cause I think Le'Veon Bell is a good choice. All right. Yeah. Let's do that. I mean, Hey, Forgive, forget, hey, we all have those uh, moments in lives when we we have regrets and we say, hey, I'm man enough to apologize now. I wish For I was sure. smart enough to uh, not get in this situation way back then. That's why yeah. we uh, don't have time machines. And if we did, we would do things so much different. Uh, youth is wasted on the young, Brian. Absolutely. Now, <laughs> if I had a time machine, I would not go back three years to a Slack message I sent to one Kevin Thatcher Smith and saying, hey, let's do a show together. And we have been doing that together since 2020. And I tell you what, I cherish every single week with you. Now we're on Tuesdays, buddy. That's right, man. My new favorite day of the week. It was my least favorite. I'm bumping it up in the rotation, man. All right. That's making me feel good. For Kevin Smith, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. We are going to be talking about training camp real soon. We're going to be talking about so much here on Steel Curtain Network. So make sure you check out every single show. Coming up next, dropping next, will be The Fix with Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts or Jeremy Betts and Andrew Wilbar. They're so good. They both deserve top billing another scobro show is going to be on tonight with the boys rich and dave the schofield bros they'll be back together then let's ride on wednesday morning with jeff hartman i call it the flagship it is that darn good so much more throughout the rest of the week make sure you check us out all there kevin smith brian davis keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for those hypocycloids Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.